market. The S&P stops. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's unlikely to be called before the Royal Commission, but is not going to rule it out at this stage. <laughs> Possibly not. Possibly not. I'm Andrew Page, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Phillips. Good Andrew. Good fools. Good to be with you on this bright and sunny Friday morning in Sydney because it's summer. It is summer. The 1st of December we're recording this. We are finally there. Wait, yeah, uh, yeah. This is in Melbourne, to... unfortunately. I could enjoy this weekend. It's going to be, <laughs> exactly. It's going to be absolutely bucketing down. So stay safe, Melbourne, Melbourne fools. We'll um, see you on the flip side. And what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Well, I think we should talk about a banking royal commission. Ah, <laughs> uh, the royal commission link yeah, from the AAA. Method to the madness. We're getting good at this, mate. Yeah. Another couple of years we'll be broadcasting. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's start publishing this podcast. We'll, we'll, so we we'll talk. We have to talk about that. Yes, indeed. We also have to talk a bit about the big fat jolly man aye, in the. Aye, uh, in aye, the aye. Not you, oh, not right. you. No, the one Jeez. with the beard. All right. um, Santa Claus, will he be providing <laughs> a bit of a rally? The so-called Santa Claus rally. Bring Is it, it going to provide an early Christmas present for investors? Bring it on. We have to talk a little bit about Oriton as well. The amazing turn of fortunes there for the iconic luxury brand. Great products, not such great business. No, it was. It was, well, but that. no more. And it's my turn to get on my high horse, so hey, hey. giddy up. But for, you know what we have to do, mate? We have to do, um, uh, because it's in my favour. <laughs> I think as we speak, so I have to do. We have to do a, a, sure a catch up on. No, well, it depends, doesn't it? We have to do a catch up on Bitcoin. Uh, what's it worth? Well, Bitcoin at the moment is worth twelve thousand nine hundred and thirty-three bucks. And is that Australia? That must be Australia. Yeah, it's Australian. And and how much are you up? Seventy-three odd percent, give or take. Yeah, maybe I was calling this one a bit too. <laughs> so I was reading last night that it, it there was, plunged 18%. Yeah, so there I was a fall. Yes. Well, it, it plunged 18%, I think, after being up like 10 or something. So the day fall was uh, only about 8%, which frankly is, is not too big in the overall scheme mate, of things. How was it two weeks ago? It fell 25% before yeah. like surging ahead to new all-time record heights. It, it went to $10,000 during the week and it went to $11,000 literally the day after. Wow. It's just phenomenal. Anyway, so it's back, back to back to almost 13 grand Australian. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a cap up 73%. Again, uh, as let me just press this button. Okay, doing that. Hit sell. No. <laughs> Still can't sell. Okay. <laughs> bragging rights only. <laughs> that, that'll do, mate. That's enough. We'll take it. The bragging rights are worth more to me than 70 bucks, I know, can I tell you? I know. When I get to come on here every week and tell you I'm right and you're wrong, um, it's, that's, uh, worth, that's worth it. Yeah. Why did I bring it up? <laughs> Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about the Royal Commission. So this, mate, we have to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep us both to time here because this, could, this could easily go for 40, 50 minutes. That's because you know me too well. Yeah, um, well, I, I am, I am one who has not held back on putting the boot into the banks in the yes. past. Um, not just for various social wrongs. Why that they do you may hate our listeners, not have, But I just I think the investment case isn't super strong. We all own banks. Why do why, why are you such a hater? Oh, actually, I guess I do through yeah, my super. Do. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but you know, did they? They here's a couple of things. First, it was the the government was adamant it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do it. All of a sudden, they're doing it. So there's the <laughs> political dimension to Funny it. That. Yep. <clears throat> there's the amazing, I, I think, surprising almost. Um, uh, fact that banks asked for it, wrote an email yes. to the government saying, yes, bring it on. We want it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the market reaction. Shares fell. I think Commonwealth Bank was down 2% on mm-hmm. the day, although it's much more sensationalistic as the, the papers like to do, say X billion dollars wiped off the value of, of the bank. And collectively, given they're all 35% of the um, of the Aussie market, yes. lots of billions of dollars wiped off there. And more than that, about 40%, including all the other financial services companies from memory. Man, just amazing. Where do you want to start? 
<laughs> Let's start at the very beginning, okay. as they would say in the sound of music. That's a song they play a lot on Triple. Okay, all yeah. right. All right. Uh, so <laughs> here's the thing. Um, man, where, where do you start? So basically there's been calls for – well, let's actually start at the very beginning. The banks have been very, very bad boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And, and they've been, frankly, their own worst enemies, and we'll get to it in a second, but they really couldn't have – they can't really argue about the Royal Commission – between the insurance scandals, the wealth management scandals, the yeah. uh, money laundering scandals, the front running scandals, the uh, you know every as every week goes past, there's mm. another thing that comes up, mm. um, really highlighting how broken the financial services system is in Australia, and mm. that's you know they they've just been they've been worn down. Frankly, the government's been worn down by the sheer weight of. Just, just bad news. You know, there's only so much bad news you can go through. We are all, to a person, um, customers of the banks. Most of us are shareholders, one way or another, through in our banks, either through super or directly. Mm-hmm. Um, as a community, the banks are too big to fail, mm-hmm. and basically, they got themselves in this position where the calls became overwhelming and simply too hard to ignore. Yeah. And at the same time, they are the envy of the world in terms yeah. of... There, there Guess is no, why, though? <laughs> they're, they're, they are super, super profitable. Yep. I mean, you talk to anyone who's held bank shares for, for you know more than a few years, oh, yeah. and they, they have done incredible things for a lot of people. Well. So there's a lot of mixed feelings in all of that. So here's the thing, right? So so the second part of the story then comes to... And I'll get, let you get back to what you were going to talk yep. about. The second half of the story is then... Basically, the, the 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 Greens and Labor, for largely political and somewhat ideological reasons, wanted a, a commission into the banks. Mm-hmm. The government folded about eighteen months ago, twelve months ago. They had a parliamentary inquiry, which is mm-hmm. supposed to solve the problems. Mm-hmm. The Libs have been on record for a very long time saying we don't need it. It's bad for the economy. There's nothing to investigate. It's all okay. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the backbenchers started across the floor, yeah, and so yeah. a couple of Nats have said we're going to vote for this thing. Yeah, um, that made the that made the government's position almost untenable. Mm. And then, frankly, the banks kind of, for all of the protection they've been getting for the government, I don't suggest any anything untoward there, but they've been protected by the government policy, does mm-hmm. not have a royal commission. Mm-hmm. The banks also then sniffed the wind and said, actually, no, we really want this thing, bring it on. Yeah. So so, so in other words, look, it's going to happen, so we might as well be seen to have to have asked for it. Yeah. And and I, I be actually good feel, corporate citizens. I really feel sorry for politicians, and particularly for Malcolm Turnbull, but in this case, he was absolutely blindsided, right? Here's the guy saying, we don't need one, we don't need one, we don't need one. Labor and the Greens said, we need one. Community consumer groups said, we need one. And the banks themselves said, yeah, we probably need one. And Tim <laughs> was like, oh, oh, for the love God. of All right, you then. Know, let's do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to help you guys out here, and you've thrown me literally <laughs> yeah. straight under the bus. So yeah. I think that's important. And I'll, one, more, one more quick one before I let you get on again. The, the real challenge here now, though, is the terms of reference. Mm. And without getting legalistic and without getting too much into the process, mm. I can hold a Royal Commission tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I can say, this is a banking Royal Commission. And this is a massive, wide-ranging Royal Commission, but all I want you to look into is fees on credit cards that start with W. Right. And you've got six months to do it. Right. And so, you, you know, and then come and say, nothing to see here. Everything's okay. Yeah. So the, the terms of reference set the Royal Commission's areas of responsibility. Mm-hmm. You might remember there was a, um, just a chan- quick tangent, but illustratively, a, a, a Ken Henry, who was the Treasury Secretary, yep. was asked to do a review of taxation. So, yep. Ken, go and do a review of taxation. But don't look at GST. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. so when Henry comes back and says, well, here's what you should do in this area. <laughs> that was the other thing, right? The government yeah. can say, well, there's, there's no recommendation for change to GST. Yeah. So, yeah, because you told me. Well, oh, mate, even no. the things that they were recommended to change. Well, well there is that. There is thanks, that. thanks for the recommendation. So, we're not going to get to So in anymore. any case, you know, yeah. this, the, the, the question really now, and this is what we need to be a little bit careful of, we're pretty harsh critics of the financial service industry for all of the very right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that they do the right thing. The terms of reference are broad enough to allow a proper review 
Mm. And we'll be loud and clear if we think that the government is squibbing it and basically doing a Mickey Mouse Royal Commission with very, very limited terms of reference. So where I was going to go with all of this was, <laughs> you know, again, ultimately we, we need to bring this back to an investor's standpoint, yep. given our mandate with this po- with the podcast. And, you know, shares have fallen harshly. You've you've strongly suggested that, in fact, I think it's it's pretty obvious they have been very bad boys. Yep. Um, and girls. And, and girls, but yep. boys, sadly, yeah, for, for the most so part, as, yeah. as it turns out in yeah. our industry. Um, uh, so are, are there going to be more skeletons found is the first question. B, uh, is that going to have lasting negative effects on earnings power and mm. then ultimately on shareholder returns? And C, what would you do about it in terms of being an investor who holds bank shares today, assuming Dude, that you did? I've already forgotten the first question. You asked me three-part question. So let me... How many skeletons are they going to find in there? <laughs> All right. Um, and, and Q... <laughs> And R subclause three paragraph four. Um, here's the th- I'm going to I'm going to go back half a step. Okay. I'm, I'm going to actually I'm going to do a Julia Gillard on you and say I don't I don't agree with the premise of your question. Nice. Uh, I don't accept the premise of your question. You should be a politician, shouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. Um, you kind of said, let's take it back to an investor angle, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely true. But what I what I do believe is that at the Motley Fool as a business, um, for us in this podcast, is not just the shares you invest in, but it's the financial services system you are part of. Mm-hmm. And so I think even if you don't own a single bank share, which I don't, I have none in super, I have none in my personal account. Um, uh, this is this is fundament, fundamentally more than just about bank shareholders. This is about the, the workings of the financial services system, how well you are treated with insurance, with wealth management, with commissions. And with even more all broadly, the, the Australian economy. Right. So, so, you know, I think we all have a stake in it no matter what. And I think mm-hmm. this is a dramatically valuable and necessary inquiry. I was for a long time saying it wasn't necessary. I thought it was overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed my mind in August because there was just too many, um, too many bits of bad news. And mm-hmm. frankly, there's, there's too much wrong with the incentives and the culture of the banks, and that's what they need to look into. Mm-hmm. So, that aside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are there skeletons in the closet? I don't think there are too many skeletons in the closet, no. Okay. I think this Royal Commission needs to, assuming it's given the right terms of reference, needs to recommend to the government and to the industry that there be changes to the culture and the remuneration of the banks. That's where it stems from. The fish rots from their head. Yes. Businesses, companies rot from their culture and their incentives. So I, I, That's what I was going to say. It's all good and well to say you need to change culture, but how do you do that? That is really hard. I think incentives are what drives things. If you incentivize someone to, that they'll get more money if they do X, yep. what are they going to do? Right. They're going to do, do X. Exactly. You know, so if you're a mortgage broker out there and like, you know, we're going to pay you a bonus for every mortgage, you're going to make as many sales as you possibly can, right. even if you're starting to give mortgages to people who probably you shouldn't be giving them to. You know, um, if you're, so if you're incentivized you it, right? on your insurance returns, you're going to start denying claims. If yes. you're incentivized to sell higher price products, mm. all of a sudden I'm going to say to Andrew Page, dude, you know what? You really, really need this expensive wrap, double leveraged, uh, account keeping fee laden, et cetera, et cetera, mm. with 14 layers of fees. But trust me, it's in your interest. I don't understand anything what you said, but exactly. you're wearing an expensive suit. Maybe I'll take your the advice. The man at the bank said it's a good idea. Yep. I suppose he knows what he's talking yep. about. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, so that's the first thing that you do. So, yes. uh, so uh, but this, look, how many issues have banks faced over the years? And they tend to sort of sail on. So again, yep. if you want to be pragmatic yeah, about it, you want to put those social concerns to one side. Yeah. We've just seen a bit of a tumble in share price. Maybe it continues to fall a little bit more while the process unfolds. Mm-hmm. But does the, the rational, far-sighted investor go, hey, this is a good opportunity? I... There's two answers to that. I, not Sorry, easy I, to ask the question. Neither you, know, <laughs> right. you and I love bank shares, right? So, so let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to beat the market. We've been saying that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that as a result of the inquiry and the, the falling share prices that there's necessarily – they go from being market lagging to market beating anytime soon. Yep. I also don't think for what it's worth that the 
outcomes of the Royal Commission are going to be particularly harsh. Mm. So if I was, if I liked the banks already and the share price had fallen, I liked them even more, put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it changes my view of the companies. It doesn't, you know, I hope, desperately hope that there are changes to the culture of the incentives, the rules governing the way banks are selling products, mm -hmm. separation between their wealth management businesses, their insurance businesses, and their retail banking businesses. This is a massively, massively broken system. Now, frankly, I don't want to overstate that. There are, mm. there are systems around the world and other industries that are far, far worse. But given it touches every one of us, including people who have no financial savvy whatsoever, this bankers need to be held to a much, much higher standard than they are currently. So I, I hope I, all that changes. Yeah. I'm not particularly positive about or negative for the bank's case, I don't think there'll be much impact on profit. So if you already liked it, you should like it more probably as the price falls. I don't expect massive swinging changes, um, but I also don't think it's worth buying at the current price. Yeah, and I think the banks are obviously going to try and uh, will, will, will cry foul over a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's will. one of those things, and, and maybe, maybe if I'm being generous in some instances, they'll be right there, but I think it comes part and parcel of having, you mentioned before, too big to fail. Yeah. And so you have this thing called moral hazard where when you're in a situation like that, when you are so critically important to the economy and you know you're going to get bailed out no matter what happens, yep. you're going to try – I mean, again, ration, rationally, yeah. you are you need to take these huge risks because you get all the upside and, and virtually none of the downside. And right. I think when you're in a very um, fortunate situation like that – Greater scrutiny and greater regulatory oversight is just what necessarily needs to come with that. You can't have all of the benefit without having it without having to accept some 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 tighter oversight. I guess. Yeah, I think that's true. And frankly, look at the look at the scenario. You've got a situation where you have, as you say, the, the upside is bonus. Downside mm -hmm. is I get my salary. Yeah, it's not a bad bet. It's downside, pretty good, it? right? It's pretty good. <laughs> what risk would you take if you weren't responsible for any of the downside? Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We also have to talk about Santa Claus. Now, there's this <laughs> thing, you may or may not have heard about it, but there's this thing called the Santa, the Santa Claus rally, which is this supposed phenomenon that in the lead up to Christmas each and every year, the market tends to do well. It mm. seems to be observed in the US market, here in the Aussie market and other Western markets around the world. Share prices go up in the lead up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, is this something that you think can be uh, acted upon and, um, and profited from? No. <laughs> So here's the thing. I, if it was that easy, right, we'd all do it. And then it kind of well, the, the, is it, the it, trading it is, of that in itself erodes that it arbitrages that opportunity away. Right, and that and that's more the point. So mm. the fact that, that you know statistically there has been a Santa Claus rally for a few. Actually, years. I would question that as well. But, but go go on. I'll all come right. back to my favourite. Rant. I will be right. Um, so there, there has been a Santa Claus rally. So people say, "Wow, it's there." I might as well take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And so for, to some degree, it, it makes us look silly in the short term because we look at that and say, there is no such thing. And there is. But it only lasts for a decent amount of time until, as you say, people buy into it and it arbitrages away. And so that's... And kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Of sorts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Until it's not. Until yeah. people try and front run that by buying in November instead of December. Yes. And then when, it, when there's a November rally, a Melbourne Cup rally, we'll call it, yep. then people will buy in October into the October long weekend rally. And then yes. there'll be the September something rally and so on and so forth. Turtles so all the way down. Everyone mm -hmm. tries to front run the mm -hmm. last one because the Santa Claus already, frankly, was born out of a 
January rally back in the day. Yeah. And so that's kind of the that's you have to get in earlier and earlier and earlier to take advantage right, of it. Right. And so and it's got nothing to do with what's actually happening in terms of business. It's right. just it's a sentiment, a seasonal sentimental change that is a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts yeah. that kind of is there until it isn't. Now, frankly, you're entitled to benefit from sentiment if it's there. I mean, there's, there's no rule to say sure. it's not real money if you manage to, to buy yeah. appropriately on that sentiment. Good luck. The, the, the question really is, to, to your point, because there's nothing fundamentally un, underpinning it, you're relying on the market continuing to operate the way it has in the past. And the chance of that happening, given how many people there are, how clever they are, the IT they're using, the chance of that are unfortunately pretty light. Can I nerd out for a second? Uh, I've probably, I've probably been doing it every minute of every one day second. of my life. <laughs> but um, there's, there's other phenomenon too. There's the sell in May, uh, walk away, you know sell in May, walk away. There's October crash month that yes. they, they like to call it. There's Indeed. a few other sort of these phenomena yep. that occur throughout the year. And yep. so a few years back, I had a look at it and I went back as far as I could with Aussie data and it goes back quite a ways. And when you eyeball it, you say, actually, there's, there's something to this. You yep. know, when I look at those, it does tend that more Decembers tend to be better. Um, than other months. Um, the market does tend to go up. Yep. But um, I applied some statistical tests to it, and, mm. and I, without getting too far down the rabbit warren, it gets, you get to a, a conclusion, a mathematical robust conclusion that, <laughs> yes, although that is generally true, yep. it is a phenomenon that is still explainable by chance alone. In other words, I'll give you an analogy. Let's say mm. I flip a perfectly fair coin five times, and it lands on heads four times. Yep. Now, I could argue that this is I'm I'm far more likely to, to get heads because look I flipped it five times and it's come out. For, but that is that is a, that is that is something that chance alone can explain under small samples. And when you're looking at market, even though we can go back 50, 60, 70 years, you know, before it starts to get very silly, yeah. you, we don't really have enough enough of a data set there to to conclusively say there is something to this that chance alone could not explain. I think that's true, mate. Although I will say just for the, what it's worth, other people are making real money on the back of this, and so are they? we can are say they? Who? Yeah. who is well, the market is up. That's the point. Like so, the, we can we can say statistically it shouldn't be the case, mm. or it might still revert to something else. Right. But the weight of money is the weight of money. People are, people have made money. If if it if it thus far has been the case mm. that December it goes up more than it goes down. Mm. Then it's been a smart thing to have bought in December, and yet you don't do it. Well, that's that's not that's not the same thing, right? So I don't think it's necessarily likely to be sustainable. Mm. But you know, if if I if you knew that people were all of a sudden buying pink shirts rather than blue shirts, mm -hmm. even if it's a fad, you can still make a lot of money selling pink shirts for a while. Yeah. Okay. So so I guess I'm just making the point that we would never suggest you invest alongside it, but I think it's a little bit too glib for us to poo-poo people who have made money by recognizing something and taking advantage of it while it's true. Yeah. I, okay, that's probably fair. I would say this as well. Probably. Others that are considering <laughs> doing this, remember this well, is, right. even if you take it as being, yes, statistically valid or whatever, yep. when we say this has been observed more often than not, there are plenty of Decembers out there. Yes. Dozens of Decembers where people would have thought, hey, I might actually give this a crack and right. then and lost a bunch of money. So and I think that's the key point. And I think even I think I think there are I think it's probable that there are short term trends in the market that are true in the experience of the investors, but expecting it to be true always and frankly every time but before and forever after this, mm. that is where it breaks down. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Exactly. Get more motley full money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Are you an Oriton fan? For, uh, not as much as my wife, unfortunately. My credit card. So, a suggestive kind of comment. My, my credit card will, uh, will will attest to the fact that uh, our, our we, we've done well. 
We haven't done quite enough to keep Oriton afloat, but geez, we gave, we it, gave a it a shot. good crack. We gave it a very good shot. So for those that don't know, Oriton, a luxury brand, they make mm-hmm. purses, handbags, some nice leather goods, and, and kind of sort of, you know, it's it's along that retail spectrum, probably not super high premium, but up towards that end, right? It's pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive <laughs> yeah. stuff. And and they this is a business that's been around for a while, and the even if you go back, I think it was to through till 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. this business had a phenomenal history. You yep. looked, the, the, you could bring up some of the numbers here and you go, sales and earnings have grown every year. They've paid a consistent dividend. Mm-hmm. They've got a, and, and you know, um, investment nerds like us could make the argument <laughs> that, wow, they've got a really powerful brand that gives them some kind of a competitive advantage. And to admit it, I used to work with you on Share Advisor. We recommended it back in the day. We did indeed. I and think that was your fault. <laughs> it's totally your fault. I, I was I was dragged kicking and screaming along with But we did. We recommended we it. And, and we made all of those arguments. Yep. And then things started to go wrong. Yes. What went wrong? You know what? This is, We talked about pink shirts and blue shirts. Mm. Um, the fundamental thing that went wrong with, with Oriton is it simply stopped being the most relevant leather goods manufacturer in the country. Didn't they? They also had some other issues, though, with license agreements. They did. They, they lost a deal with uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. That's back, right. So we, we recommended it just before they lost that, which was great which was timing. Terrible timing. They had it for 20 years. Yeah. Um, there was no reason to believe they were going to lose it, except they did. And so yeah, we got did, we got yeah. caught. That hurt. Uh, and we saw that not, not too long after, but it was unfortunate at a loss. Yeah. Then they um, got involved with Gap. Yeah, they tried with Gap. They tried with uh, Brooks, Brooks Brothers, Brooks Brothers. Uh, suits. Yep. Um, basically, Oriton realized that. They had the Origin and the Polo Ralph Lauren brands mm. previously. They knew that Origin alone wasn't enough, so they tried to they find some other brands to yep. basically fill up some scale. No so it wasn't so much a gap in, in earnings per se. Mm-hmm. It was simply a case of the structure of the business needed more revenue yep. to justify the, the, the overheads. Mm-hmm. And in the end, they couldn't get the revenue. Yeah. And so the company was put into administration this week. And and yeah, and, and, and that, that core brand of theirs, that, that they owned themselves, no one was going to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. And even that has suffered. Again, changing consumer preferences. They weren't going to discount for a long time. I was very behind that mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think when a luxury brand starts discounting, it's it could potentially get into trouble. But then they did yeah. start discounting and they started discounting very substantially and it all right. started to unfurl. I, I think that was, that was there's been a really interesting change in retail. We won't go into it in a whole lot of detail now, but overseas have had the same problem. Mm. It, it, the, the retail market has changed. Mm. The, the GFC taught us as a society to want to expect discounts. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know of any business that was discounting and stopped, which managed to survive mm. the, the, the following downslot. Yeah. Onslaught. Mm. And I think as much as we might like to think that some of those major brands don't have to discount, mm. the simple reality that their competitors are discounting means you either join the game or you kind of go belly up. There's very few companies in a discounting world yeah. that can actually survive without taking there, part There are that. some really interesting exceptions, you know, um, Rolls Royce or something. You get to like the Uber right, right, premium. Right. You know, you walk in, they don't. If you have to ask the price, you, <laughs> you can't, can't afford, afford it, it right? Yeah. And, yes. and they know that, nice and, and that's and that's brilliant. But, right, right. but that, that they are they are way out there on the spectrum. Yep, yep. And I think that's that, that's so. Look, I don't necessarily blame Orison for discounting. I don't think I don't. They, they couldn't have avoided it either way. Quite frankly, I don't think they simply they simply would have lost too many sales if they didn't do it. And if they did do it, you lose margin. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. The problem was that the business itself just wasn't large enough, didn't have enough scale mm. to support the overheads of its business. And frankly, by the way, they're also seeing falling sales, which doesn't help. But yeah. but the, the two, the combination of those two is just a really, really desperately tough situation. Um, interestingly enough, too, for what it's worth, mate, just a quick reflection. Origin was held up um, 
five, six years ago as the poster child. Massively high returns on equity is one of those yes. phrases you'll hear. Yes. Um, plenty of people said this is a great business because it has all these returns on equity. That's all great. Yep. I think what it probably shows you is that uh, you know it's, it's about the future, not the past. Yep. And so, yes... It's useful to look back and see what's going on, and and, and you know if that does continue, that's great. Yeah, good good, um, good historicals are a good indicator of a good well, company. Well, potentially, but, good they are, good but they are not a guarantee of the future. Right, and so that that's where you need to be very very careful. Versa. It was held out as the best. I think it was probably the highest ROE on the market. It was at one way point. up there, uh, yeah. and yet and yet five years later, it's, it's gone broke. So you know, it's just a it's just a really important reminder. So yes, of course, the business's financials matter. That's all that matters at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. But historical financials don't matter anywhere near as much as as the future financials. That's the that's the message you've really got heed from this from this story unfortunately one final thing which is i have to mention on that a colleague of ours pointed out isn't it interesting that they decided to make this call just prior to christmas you would think that you would give it one last sort of hurrah Mm -hmm. you know like let's see how good christmas the biggest sales period of the year and yet they decided to pull up now i should Mm -hmm. mention they are going to continue to trade it's gone into voluntary administration so it will continue to trade as this process plays out yep but you speculated, and again, this is pure speculation, I think it was a reasonable one and an interesting one, was to say that perhaps some kind of covenant was tripped in terms of their lenders. Yeah, that's... Uh, so I don't want to put you on the spot no, there no, because no, it, was, it, it was a pure thought bubble, no, but no, it was yeah, an interesting right. one. No, you're right, and, and it's worth commenting on. I don't want to, I don't want to make allegations, but I'll, I'll offer some sort of general... Mm-hmm questions that I have and, and we can see what the, the results are. Yeah. So you're right. Normally, a normal business that simply had more room, it, it's, it's got more debt, it could have drawn down from, from its banker. Mm-hmm. So there was no immediate cash crunch that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably two things at play. One is that, frankly, it, so a covenant is, a, is a, a set of criteria that a bank puts in. We'll only let you have this loan as long as you maintain certain conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for most companies, it might be a certain rate of sales mm-hmm. or a certain sales growth or a certain level of profitability. Sometimes or it's profit even margin. market cap, like share price in, in, a, in a way. Indeed, we won't go down that rabbit hole just no, now. But you're right, that, not, that's yeah. another thing for another yep. day. Yep. But you're right. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's important. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, even though it had more room and it, it could borrow more money in theory, the rules around that borrowing maybe were tripped and maybe there was a problem. That banker said, guys, that's it, we're out. Yeah. It's also possible, I do think, mate, in this environment that directors are very, very, very scared of litigation. Mm. And we saw with Channel 10, effectively, mm. remember back in the day, Lachlan Murdoch and Bruce Gordon said a letter to the directors and said, guys, just so you're aware, if you keep trading, we may have to take you to court for doing the wrong thing. Just FYI. If we don't get paid back, we're yep. going to hold you personally accountable. And the director of 10 went, whoa, screw that. where's my upside? Right, yep, right, screw, screw that. We're going yep. to administration right now. And they literally did. They got a letter on, I think, the Saturday and they're in yeah. administration by the Monday wow. morning. So, wow. you know, when it comes to it, there is a litigious society. There is a there is a lot of directors who are rightly concerned about their reputations and their finances. It's easy to laugh at until if you're in that situation yourself, right? Right. right. Think, geez, so to whatever degree the company might have said, look, do we throw the dice and get through Christmas? Mm. Or do they sit there and think, if we get to February and this is worse, yes. someone's going to come to us and say, you guys kept trading yes. and things got worse and it's your fault. You should have known. Yes. And so I, I, I desperately hope for the sake of our economy, quite frankly, and our, our business um, uh, environment, our business community that that wasn't the case. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think I think as a society we're poorer if directors are scared out of taking reasonable risks in the course of normal business. Mm-hmm. So I desperately hope that wasn't the case, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if it was. We shall see. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We don't have any sound effects this week. We don't, but you still have to saddle up on your high. Oh, jeez. Liam, folly artist extraordinaire. Oh, mate. Uh, Liam when you need him. Where, where is my stallion? 
My high horse this week. To be clear, Paul, Liam isn't your stallion. Just so <laughs> no, we're just, very yeah, clear. I want to underscore that as well. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 Um, uh, I'm going to have a go. <laughs> this is what this is what gets me, and this might sound a little counterintuitive. I hate the convenience and low cost of online brokers. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, good. I, I hate this. This will this will be great. This is the equivalent of walking down the middle of the street and saying, "I hate low energy prices." <laughs> That's right. I want to pay more for my. I want to pay God more for when I trade. Why are petrol and prices higher? That's what I want to know. I want it to be harder. The fact that I can pick up my smartphone and buy and sell shares, <laughs> and it costs me, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks. I I'm hate gonna, it. I'm going to ask you why in a minute, but first. Mm. I'm going to do you a deal. Okay. I will charge you 50 bucks to place your trades on your behalf. What do you say? <laughs> well. I'll make it hard. I'll make you wait. And you can pay me 50 bucks. No, deal? No, no, I'm okay. Actually. 100 bucks. I'm, I'm okay. 100 bucks. Well, hear me out. Here's, 200 bucks. Here's my rationale. Oh, yeah, here we go. My rationale is, is that it's, it's, I think that when it is so easy and so cheap, it enables us to make decisions uh, without really thinking through them. Now, when you go to buy a house, there is a lot of cost involved. Oh, and, and paperwork. And the paperwork, and it takes a long time. And you are not going to wake up, you're not going to walk, go for a morning walk, mm. pass a house and go, yeah, and buy it. Right? <laughs> even, if, even if you had all the money, you, you're probably not going to do that. You're probably going to have a, a, quite a bit of a think mm -hmm. about it. Now, I would, I, my, this is a theory. I've got mm -hmm. no way to sort of test this, but I would imagine that if I said to ordinary Australians, it's going to cost you $500 every time you buy or sell shares and it's going to take uh, three weeks before that transaction can go through, that most people are going to think a lot harder about the companies that they buy and they're going to go into that with a very different time frame, and they're going to be doing it with more significant sums of money that again makes it A, more worthwhile, but B, puts more emphasis on that decision they will do more due diligence. They will make better decisions. It'll be more cumbersome. It'll be more costly, but the outcome will be better. Okay, but why do I have to pay the price for that? Surely, if I want to trade, I mean, I'm, I'm well, you won't. Right? This, this is, this is, there is no but reality should, where this is going to, to happen. Why should you want me to have to pay more for my brokerage just because you can't keep yourself under control? Well, it's it's one of those things. Who was the bloke who won the Nobel Prize recently? We talked about it. Daniel Kahneman. No, uh, Richard Thaler. Thaler. Richard Thaler. Thaler. And he's, he's they're sort both of, They right. are. They are. And they're, they're sort of talking about these things that we can do to sort of protect ourselves from ourselves. Pre-commitment devices. Pre-commitment devices. These kinds of things. And I think that's where it really comes from. And it's it's obviously a worse deal when when you know when you think about it. But if it has this this consequence of mm. of, of stimulating more prudent action then it's probably there's probably a greater good to it even though the immediate consequences is more onerous have i sold you no well yeah actually yeah. i i really really hate when i have to agree with your high horses yes. it drives me mad uh yes i i i would happily actually i i would i would put a, ta a government tax on brokerage if it was me and i think you're one of it you know does it happen no um i would i would I would make a hundred dollar minimum brokerage on, on a tax mm -hmm. on brokerage, mm -hmm. uh, and I would probably um, I would probably put that money towards some sort of financial literacy course or something else. The the only thing I would say is I think I would I would differentiate personally between buying and selling. Mm. I would make buying very very simple and yes, very cheap. Yes, because that's, that's a very good people point. who want to buy pay you know put five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks into a you know a share investment shouldn't have to be slugged even twenty bucks let alone a hundred. Sure, I think sure, sure. if you're buying, you probably should be able to buy for five bucks. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely would make it, make it a hundred bucks to sell. And yeah. I think there is there is a very good reason for that because if you then want to take your money out and go and waste mm -hmm. it somewhere, mm -hmm. if you want to go and flip it and put your money into something else, if I knew I could get in easily, but it was hard to get out, yeah, I think that would really change the story. And frankly, if if you know, 
I think the government could frankly say, look, the average broker is just 20 bucks a trade. Mm. How about we make the, the buy, average buy five, mm-hmm. and the average sell 35? There's a buyer for every seller. So yeah. the brokerage is no worse off. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a much, much smarter way to go. And I think we should uh, put that on our platform for the Motley Fool Party when we stand for election. It is never, ever, ever going to Vote happen. one, the Motley Fool. Written authorized it, by Scott it, Phillips. It is never, ever, ever going to happen. <laughs> um, Come on, why not? Uh, well, you know, here's the thing, right? So we've e- interest, even though. in even yeah. in um, our time frame, I, yes. I I work for the first online broker in the country, and they at the time their their You're rates. That old? Yeah, I am. <laughs> and um, well, the internet's just not that old. Really, is is the better way of looking at Dude, it. I would argue. Nice try. Yeah. Do you know? Don't worry, be happy. Was released 29 years ago today. Was it 29, 29 years ago? Jeez, how's that possible? So when I was two, that doesn't. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Dude, you weren't. Um, uh, you've lost, you've broken my chain of thought now. That's okay. What, you won't say anything that interesting anyway? I, I've, com- I've gone completely blank. It's 35, 31 minutes in. Let's finish it off. On that note, um, <laughs> uh, don't forget. You don't can, believe it this bit out. It was going to be so interesting. I know, I know, it was going to be so poignant. And that's why I deserve a Nobel Prize. Uh, th- that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Poor Money podcast. How embarrassing. And you should. This is this isn't live, but it's as good as live, right? Recorded live, so it's kind of like recorded live. This, live this, after live, this, live. there's going to be lights flashing on people's smartphones. Come listen to the idiot. We can say whatever the hell we want right now, <laughs> and it's guaranteed not going to be edited out of this podcast. See what the idiot's got to say. <laughs> I might sing at the end of this podcast. Oh no! Okay, I'm wrapping it up. Triple M Molly Four Money Podcast. You can listen to that through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. <laughs> oh my gosh! And if you like what we're doing, please give us a big fat five star rating. And fast can you talk, come dude? along to to fool.com.au forward slash triple M and get a bit more foolish goodness but until Please next do. week full on full on the motley fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned general advice only please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M the motley fool operates under financial services license 400691